Hey all you Coruscant Nightcrawlers, welcome to Season 2. We've got a lot of fun things in store for you this season. Droid fights, underground exploration, conspiracy theories, and more. In this episode we meet Connie, a Jedi Knight in an uncertain place. These two episodes build on where Season 1 left off and deal with the aftermath of war. Loss, loneliness, and uncertainty. I think these are some of the best episodes we've had so far. But Connie's story is not a happy story. It's the right story to start Season 2, but with the current state of the world, the constant uncertainty in the air, and our global isolation, Connie's story might not be right for everyone right now. So we'll be releasing Park's story as bonus episodes as well these next few weeks. If you need a fun, sarcastic superhero story, go visit Park. Connie will still be here when you're feeling ready. Memories fade and change. Where were you when the battle took place? We should just get into it. Mm. Hello. Hello. Today I'm joined by Erica, a familiar voice to fans of Dice for Brains and Not Another Tavern. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm excited, a little nervous. On Dice for Brains, you played Marceline. Yes. In a Genesis game. In a Genesis game. Have you played any other Genesis games? Any other Star Wars games? Um, I have played another Genesis game with uh, okay. friends, and it was Harry Potter again. Cool. And I played like one session of a Star Wars game with some of the Dice for Brains patrons. Other than that, yeah. So there's been like two games the past year. And then mm -hmm. before that, it was just my audition for Dice for Brains back in 2015. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the character you're playing today? I am playing Connie. She is a young Jedi, recently promoted to the rank after the Battle of Coruscant. She's a Twi'lek human hybrid. So she has the, a mix of features from both. Like she has the multicolored, like blue-green hue of a Twi'lek, but she doesn't have Leku. She has regular human hair. And she's got, she has like the little cone ears. Yeah, she has like the little female cone ears of a Twi'lek. And then mm -hmm. her, um, her fingers too are long and have like little claws on them like Twi'leks do. Yeah, cool. Can I ask why the recent promotion? Or is it still a sore subject? Oh, it's a sore subject, but the recent promotion okay. was because her master died. Okay. And uh, the Jedi Council deemed that as her, um, as one of her, as her Jedi trial, basically, is the, uh, the loss of her master and the injuries she sustained. And now she finds herself on the Grand Orbital Observatory. The masters thought it would be a good place for her to both decompress a little bit and start being a leader because in the battle this place did get damaged and there are people working on it so she's here with a pair of jedi a master and a knight mm -hmm. and a bunch of technicians who are working on the working on the place but it is fairly quiet most of the time it is a good place for contemplation looking out at the universe looking down at the planet coruscant what does a normal day look like for Connie on the station, the observatory? So during the battle, Connie sustained a, um, uh, a head wound or a head ringer, and 
it just sort of jumbled up all of her thoughts and her memories and everything. So a lot of the time that she spends is in quiet contemplation and meditation, which is just a little bit frustrating for her because she can't seem to quiet her thoughts. Mm -hmm. There's just a whole big jumble of things that don't quite make sense in there. In the center of the observatory, there is a large atrium, and it is fairly stark place. There are a couple little cushions for people to sit on, but it's the main place for meditation. The roof of it is a big, clear dome that you can just look out at the universe. And that is where we will start. So it's evening. Well, what passes for evening on a space station? Most of the the workers have gone to bed, and Connie finds herself with the Zabrak Jedi Knight in this atrium. Her name is Iani. She has a short cropped ponytail on the top of her head and light tan skin with some of those Zabrak markings on it. And she's got the horns on her head. And the two of them have been meditating for a while. Iani says to Connie, That is uh, about it for the night. I am going to head off. If you need anything from me, you know where to find me. Thank you, Master. Um, I'm I'm fine. I'm just going to hang out here for a little bit. Iani says, uh, We will see you bright and early tomorrow. We will need to do some repairs on the south side of the station, and we would like you to go out there and lead some droids. Some droids. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Good night. Good night, Connie. And she heads off, leaving you alone in the atrium. As you look up at the galaxy, something is weird. Something is odd. Something up there that doesn't seem like it should be up there. As you stare, a shape comes into focus, almost like a almost like a person, and they're just floating out there at a distance. You you can't you can't quite make out any features or anything, but there's a person out there. You said there's a giant tree in this atrium. There can be. Do I need to spend it? There is now. (laughs) All right. Connie's going to... She's going to stand up, staring up at the uh, the figure that she can't quite make out the details of. And she's going to just jump, like, up the tree as close as she can get to the uh, the dome. Possibly needing to use one of her force powers and hands to do so. Oh, I I feel like you should, because you have it. Okay. So, to make a force check... Mm-hmm. I have to roll the force die, right? You do. So how far along on an enhance have you It is bought? the basic power. The basic power? Yep. Okay. All three of her force powers are just the basic power. She's still learning. Yep. So it's with an athletics check. You can add that force die to the athletics check. <laughs> okay, so that's like uh, two green. Okay, and let's use uh, let's do an average check with two purples. Okay, so I have... And then you add your white white dye to it. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to argue for a boost. Because I know that's a thing I can do. (laughs) That is a thing you can do. I have spent a lot of time in this atrium. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to argue that it is is not the first time I've gone up this tree. Okay. So I get a boost die for familiarity. I'll I'll give you a boost die for familiarity. I'm going to give you a setback, though, because it is late evening. The lights are down, and all the light in here is coming from the galaxy outside this large window. All right, I'll accept that. And don't forget your talents. Oh, yeah, I have talents. That is a thing. (laughs) But I did not write down what any of them do. Okay, I have jump up from 
my Atari striker, so that might be useful there. Conditioned is the one you want. Conditioned is the one I want. Well, let me flip open to my trees with the only Star Wars book I have. <laughs> hey, yeah, so I'm removing yep. that setback guy. How long are you going to be nice to me and remind me of things We'll that see I'd... how well you roll. Three of the Jedi-looking symbols, but also three of the Empire-looking symbols and two dark side points. Um, any explosion-looking symbols? No, no explosion-looking symbols. So that is not a success. But about the two dark side points. <laughs> two dark side points you could use to uh, to make it a success. I'm not against using the dark side. Okay. Yeah, no successes, no failures, no advantages, no threats. Just two dark side points. <laughs> so you can flip your light side over if you want, because that's what it takes to use dark side, and take one strain. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what does it look like when Connie climbs this tree, channeling the dark side as she does so. In good old-fashioned prequel nature, she's just jumping from like big branch to big branch. Uh-huh. And, at one, and at some points, like she um, overestimates how far it is, mm-hmm. and she like hits the branch like right in her stomach, and she has to dig in with her nails. But because she's not very strong, she has to use the uh, the power that the dark side like fills her with to keep from falling. So she she channels that pain of hitting that branch into the power to to continue okay cool so she gets to the top of this tree the canopy of the tree is is green this is it's a big tree it doesn't fill up the entirety of this atrium but it covers a good chunk of the of the sky when she gets up there she sees that the figure is still there there are a couple ways we could do this you could roll perception maybe get a better idea of what this person looks like or you could roll one of your knowledge checks, or you could just accept what I'm going to say about it. (laughs) The Battle of Coruscant did just happen, maybe a week or so ago, and with all the damage the ships destroyed and everything, there there is a debris field. It wouldn't be that uncommon to see bits and pieces of things floating around here, but this does not look like a droid, and I think any Jedi or clones that might be out there would have been gathered up by now. Yeah, no. The first attempt is going to be to perceive. Okay. So that is just too green cutting. Okay. I'm going to make this one a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip a dark side point over to make it a red and a purple. Going to give you a setback for the distance and a setback for the darkness. Wow. This is where I look at the hunter tree to see if... Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> nope. Okay. You do have one. I do have one? Okay, you what do is have it? One. It is keen-eyed on Hunter. Oh, yeah. From Perception and Vigilance checks. See? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, people at home. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I just really enjoy it when people have talents and use them, because that doesn't happen a lot on this show. So I will remind you. Thank you. Okay. So I've got two green, a purple die, a red die, one black die. Mm-hmm. And I have sense... I don't know if I'm... I think it's too far away. Yeah, yeah, because I just have the basic power. And I said I was going to try and just perceive it first before trying to perceive it mm-hmm. through the force. So... Yeah. Cool. You gave me a light side point back. I did. And I'm going to flip it back to say <laughs> that there are exterior lights on okay. the, the Grand Orbital Station that's what we're on. E- the, yep, the Grand Orbital Observatory. Yes. A bit of debris like shifts past one of the light of the lights just as I'm trying to make it out and 
perfectly, mm-hmm. well, not perfectly, but like illuminates it a little bit, okay. at least a little bit better. So you're going to upgrade, actually, with, with a flip. You get to change one of your greens to a yellow. That's something I actually knew, and then I just didn't remember. <laughs> okay. It's a very colorful thing in my hand right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Almost all the dice. Yeah, just need to add boosts and fours and be all of them. Okay. <laughs> that is a despair. Oh, I don't nice. remember okay. what those look like. Okay. So I had a failure and a success, but those canceled out and the despair. And then three advantages and one threat. So I have two advantages and a despair. And a despair. <laughs> so that piece of debris flies by your vision and it illuminates it, whatever this is, for one second. And it passes right in front of it. And as soon as it passes it on the other side, it's gone. It's just gone? It's just gone. It's not there anymore? It's not there at all. You sort of do a double take because this sort of defies everything that you know. But yeah, it's not there anymore. Connie starts rubbing her head and uh, she passes her hand over her eyes and like looks again. And it's not there. And she's just like... Am I seeing ghosts now? <laughs> you had two advantages? I had two advantages. Those... Do you have any ideas for two advantages on a perception check? Well, the thing I was trying to perceive is gone. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you notice something else out there. The debris that the, uh, the body went behind and then disappeared. I do recognize what it's from. Maybe mm-hmm. from um, a particular ship? Okay. Or... Did you have an idea of the particular nope. ship? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is a hyperspace ring from uh, Sky Sprite. Okay. I don't know what that is. Please illuminate me. So that triangle little arrow-shaped ship that Obi-Wan flies, mm-hmm. it's got that ring because it doesn't have built-in hyperspace okay. hyperdrive. Okay. Yeah, so um, one so of the hyperdrive that. monitors that go on, yeah. the smaller aircraft, on the smaller starcraft. Yep. Yep. So it can attach to it, and then it can use a hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay now I know what it is. Connie is at the top of this top of the tree, and she notices this hyperdrive ring that is floating by. But yeah, it's gone. Yeah. What would she do next? Just sort of lean back against the uh, the the trunk on the branch that she's using for support, and just continue staring out there for a little bit, and just think about maybe having a little bit of flashbacks, just seeing the the debris and the damage, and it was only a week ago, so it's like real fresh. Yeah. And I guess here's where we consider where exactly Connie was during the battle. Yeah. Maybe we need to do flashbacks. Maybe we need to do flashbacks. Let's do flashbacks. What was her master's name? <laughs> okay. What was her master's species? What did they look A like? Human. Um, human. Older. Like maybe middle-aged. Okay. And my, my thoughts about this, um, the master, is that they definitely veer more towards intellect and things okay. like that. That's why Connie has ranks in... Um, core worlds and outer rim intellect mm-hmm. or uh, knowledge yeah. because these are things her master taught her so study was more important than um, other things but also clearly lightsaber form was important to this master well that's also the fact that Connie is a young padawan slash knight yeah. in the Cold wars <laughs> and was the this jedi a master or a knight i think before the clone wars they might have been offered the position of master on the council mm-hmm. And turned it down. Okay. Let's call him Rona. R-O-N-A-H. Or Master Rona. Connie and Master Rona find themselves 
in the middle of a battle on Coruscant. Has Connie been in a battle before? I can't imagine she's avoided it, but maybe yeah. much, much smaller scale than this. Right. At first they thought it was just going to stay above the planet, but it has come down to the planet. And Rona and Connie were a few, some of the few Jedi at the temple at the time. Most of the Jedi were out. Mm -hmm. This was unexpected. This wasn't supposed to happen. Nope. They sent Rona and Connie to Dak Avenue, where a Separatist cruiser has crashed. It is sort of spanning that large avenue, crushing the Essen Theater on one side and a bunch of restaurants and um, homes on the other. And battle droids are just pouring out of it. That's not good. <laughs> not good. So at the moment, Connie and Rona um, are just getting on the scene and are seeing all of these droids piling out of this ship. Citizens are panicking and running everywhere, getting in speeders. What few buses, public transport are around are quickly filling and um, getting out of, out of here as quickly as they can. Connie is, um, she's piloting the, the small two-person speeder that her and her master are in, mm -hmm. um, and she kind of brings it to a cool like stop where it like slides a little bit on the side. As soon as like as it's like parked and it's gonna stop mm -hmm. moving, she does the flip out and she has her lightsaber. Meanwhile, Rona mm -hmm. is still in the speeder, <laughs> and he waits for it to stop and then he calmly gets out. Mm -hmm. Yep, and he says, "Connie, protect the people. I will go and try to fight off the droids." Master, you can't handle that many droids by yourself. Uh, the local clone regiment should be here shortly. It won't just be me. It will be you until they get here. <laughs> let, let me let me help you. We can, or you help me. We don't have to split up here. Before long, these droids are going to spread all over the city. We need to take care of them now. But the people are also very important. She just kind of squints at him and she's just like, see, this is where I think you would tell me something about patience, but you're the master. <laughs> <laughs> I think Master Rona is, he, do, he doesn't see battle all that often. No. He grew up with Master Yoda, and he is as surprised as anyone that Master Yoda is on the front lines. He, he might not be in his uh, right mind. He might not be in normal Jedi mode right now. Connie kind of looks around and she looks at the damage to the buildings and the, uh, the Separatist cruiser, and um, I don't have any points to spend. <laughs> And she's like, maybe we can create a... And she just sort of like twiddles her fingers and she's getting uncertain. Mm -hmm. Because she sees her master walking to, away from her towards these battle droids and she doesn't know what to do. And like there's people all around her. I'm going to give you a light side point by flipping one because the um, battle droids begin to open fire indiscriminately. Oh, that's fun. Can I just say that there's like a pedestrian or like a, a civilian like like trapped pinned down by the blaster fire sure uh and well with that connie's got no choice but to defend that person <laughs> closest to you are a pair of super battle droids and they are shooting rapid fire around the crowd you see a few clone troopers that may have been on patrol have one of their police gunships and are trying to maintain control and get people away from the danger. But one person seems to have fallen behind. It is an older woman, and it looks like she has dropped her bag of groceries. She's clutching another bag, and in the top of it you can see that there's uh, the, the top of a, an old paper book. Well, that's interesting. 
Connie, um, she parries off blaster bolts as she goes over there, and then she she gets in between the battle droids and this woman, and kind of ducks her underneath a um a storefront, mm-hmm. and like kind of pushes her along, like go go go. It would seem uh, a shame to not let to just let your lightsaber talents go unused. So I think we should roll initiative. That's fun. Um, I have a rank in vigilance. So I will use that. Okay. Which means that I roll vigilance is cunning, which I only have two in. So that is a yellow and a green. Okay. I would argue that you would roll cool because you were prepared for the fight, but you were clearly taken off guard by this woman's paper book, so vigilance is okay. I mean, past Connie would have more cool than current Connie. <laughs> <laughs> That's four successes. Well, you're going first. Okay. So you've got two B2s. You know what? I'm going to kill at least one of them. I think you are. Yeah, I've got I've got the lightsaber. And I've got the lightsaber with the special kyber crystal, so I'm going to kill one and disorient the other. Can you disorient droids? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. Cool. That's what I'm going to do. That's what you're going to try to do. <laughs> no. Do or well, do not. Well, I guess not. do or do not. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Roll it. It's going to be against two purples. Cool. So let's see. Um, I get to use my agility, which I have three mm-hmm. of. So that's one green and two yellow for my two ranks and lightsaber. And with my Atari techniques, is there anything I can use? Well, you didn't give me any setback. Nope, I'm not giving you any setbacks. I'd say you're probably using uh, your maneuver to close the distance between yourself and these droids. True. I have no idea how yeah. maneuver works, so I'm depending on you to okay. figure that out. Yeah. So in combat you have uh incidental mm-hmm. and incidental in maneuver and an action. Your incidental is something small, like talking to your master or any of your talents that say as an incidental do this. Your maneuver is sort of a medium sized thing. It can be used to go from one place to another. It can be used to draw your lightsaber and then your action is the big thing that you roll for okay and then you can if you want you can swap your action for a second maneuver or you can take a second maneuver but you'll take two strain my brain is translating these into D terms so i think i got it now mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay i don't know how i would translate those to D um, terms the incidental would be free action the maneuver okay. would be like a bonus action or movement and then you got your action <laughs> action yeah. yeah okay okay so right now I've just got a straight lightsaber check. Yep, uh, against two purples. Two purples. Yep. Anytime you're trying to hit something with something else, it's two purples. Got it. That is two successes and a threat. Two successes and a threat, yep. and your weapon does seven. If I'm uh, looking at it right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. So seven that's... and then a breach one. Um, Sunder and Disorient 1. Okay, so 7 plus your successes is 9 damage. You actually don't take either of them out. I cut one of their arms off. Sure, it's a B2, so they're a little beefier than your your average ba- battle droid. Yeah, and now they're missing one of those cannons. Arm things. Your master sees that you are taking on these two battle droids, and not one to let the learner do everything by themselves. Because we've we've sort of talked about him not being in super Jedi mode at the moment. 
he is going to assist you. So he runs with his lightsaber ignited. What color is it? His lightsaber is going to be like the standard green. No, blue like a holocron, because he's kind of like a junior librarian. (laughs) And what color is yours? I want to say mine's more of a yellowish, kind of like that green yellow. Okay, cool. You want to tell me how he finishes the job on the one? Well, I learned my Ataru strikes somewhere, so he does like the really cool like flip, so he does sideways, and like the lightsaber just goes very cleanly. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just chops off the top third of this B2. Yeah. The second droid can't decide which of you is more of a threat. So he's going with the person who is bigger, that, which is your master. That would be the master. This battle droid um, cocks his wrist blaster and turns it from this woman clutching her book to your master and says, Die, Jedi dog, and opens fire. Your master reflects a handful of blaster bolts, and they go flying off harmlessly into the sky, but one of them hits him in the arm. And it can be you or your master. Can I use move to, like, force push a battle droid? Good question. Because I know there's bind, but that holds something in place. Right. There's a size limitation with move. Let me see what it is for the basic power. Yeah, maybe I can't do it with the basic power. <laughs> maybe I should have used experience points to buy more force powers. But I wanted this character to be super basic. <laughs> you could you could move a Jawa. You can move an Ewok. But you cannot move a battle droid. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you can move anything that's silhouette zero, which is pretty much Jawa or smaller. Yeah, I'm assuming a battle droid's probably at least silhouette one or two. Yeah, he's Especially a one. Especially the beefy one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, gonna stabity stab that droid. Is it too purple again? It is. Cool. Hey, that's a triumph. Okay, and that'll do it if you want. Yeah, also two threats. Any successes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two successes, no <laughs> failures. Um, the triumph, and in way I already discounted that advantage because of the threats. So, yep. Two threats, okay. two successes, and a triumph, which also counts as a success. So, with your successes, that would do it if you want to use your triumph for something else. I mean, there's more droids around. There are lots more. You're only in conflict with these two at the moment. But there are a lot more around. My lightsaber does do the really cool disorient thing. Mm-hmm. So the nearest droids get disoriented. <laughs> okay. So what does it look like when you do that? So you took out the, the big beefy one and maybe disoriented a handful of smaller yeah. B1s. So what it describes it as when, as when the lightsaber hits an object, it gives out this really loud, like, like it, it's already really loud as you're moving it about. But uh-huh. when you hit an object specifically, it kind of reverberates. Okay. Um, so I imagine, like, I slice through the battle droid, and the sound of the slicing through just shrieks out um, that way, away from. Yeah. <laughs> so you slice through the droid, and as you slice through the metal, the vibrations from your lightsaber sort of just create this loud noise that moves out outwards away from you in a shockwave and a handful of b1s sort of stumble around and go wow wow okay i i rolled discipline for your master Mm -hmm. to see whether they could get into jedi mode again and 
rolled seven advantages. That's a lot of advantages. And that's it. That's all, though. So he's still sort of in this weird, impetuous state that you haven't seen him in before. Um, And he runs off to fight some other battle droids, leaving you where you are. Connie turns to the old woman if she's still there, and she's like, all right, let's get you to safety. Uh, Yep. Because that's what my master told me to do. So you pick her up, and she starts to gather all of her groceries off the ground. It's not necessary. You've got you've got a more important bag with you. Let's get you out of here. <laughs> oh, thank you. No problem. It's part of the job. <laughs> so you take her to the nearest lift, which she takes down to the lower levels. I would imagine it's safer on the lower levels for mm-hmm. once, I think. Jedi don't get out much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's head back to the observatory. The we It's a screen wipe. Uh, maybe one of those circular ones that goes in. Yeah. Where is Connie? Connie is in the mess. Okay. She's got a tray of food that she doesn't quite remember getting. And she looks mm-hmm. down at it and it's not even things that she would normally eat. So she's like kind of just sort of like, uh, okay. <laughs> but she continues mm-hmm. on and she sits down and she starts eating it. What we got? We've got some Meluron sauce. We've got uh, medium well shack burger. Yeah. The mess at this time of evening is not very busy. There are maybe two or three clone troopers. There's There's been a clone trooper presence pretty much in all Jedi places mm-hmm. since the start of the war, which... Some people don't mind. Some people see it as a distraction. But they're here. And then there are a handful of workers in various species. You see an Ithorian and Iktachi just hanging out and using their off time to chit-chat. What's on Connie's mind? What was on Connie's mind was the battle. And now she's mm-hmm. trying to remember how she got to the mess hall from the tree. And she can't. Mm-hmm. Which is something that happens far too often for her this past week. But she sits down and she looks around at all the different people and she's just trying to remember if she's met them and if she knows their names. She may have met a few of them. She's been here for a couple days. I don't know how how good is she with names. She used to be pretty good. She's better at remembering names than I am with coming up with names. (laughs) Well, I've also got a handy pen and paper right here. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she used to be better at names than she is now. She might remember the the two clones that she sees. Um, one is named Ace, and the other one's named Snakes. Ace and um, Snakes. Yeah, they've been um, stationed on Coruscant up until the up until the battle when they were sent up here. Maybe you even shared a shuttle with them. It's possible. Yeah. Connie doesn't entirely know. Yeah. Because she sees the clone troopers, and she's just like, "That one's shop, and that one's feather." No. <laughs> no. No, no, they're not. Those guys are from the 332nd, and this is definitely the 280th. And then she gets their names. After a lot of, like, frustration, she's just like, ace and snakes. And that's, I mean, that's that's part of the war. Um, she meets all these people, and she never knows if she's going to see them again. So Now she's trying to figure out if Shop and Feather are even still alive. Yeah. Does she want to talk with these clones? Or is she more interested in keeping to herself? She's far more interested in keeping to herself, but she's definitely keeping her ears on the flow of conversation. Yeah. Because she thinks it would be a better idea than wallowing in her own misery. Mm -hmm. The conversation's kind of boring. 
they're talking about you see the the new uh t16 uh, what is it skyhopper yeah it seems pretty cool doubt i'll ever get to fly one of those but you know maybe someday when this war's over sounds fun <laughs> t16 and uh she kind of like looks it up on her data pad uh-huh it's uh sort of triangle shaped it's got a tall fin on the top and two fins that go down on the left and right it's got a big blaster cannon in the bottom looks like it would be perfect for bullseyeing womp rats she's like that sounds she kind of like looks at it and she's just like that would be fun if i could ever and she's trying to think the last time she actually got to fly (laughs) she's like if they'll ever clear me to fly again it's a quiet night yeah in the cafeteria you don't see any of the jedi that you know you don't even see master chica's r2 unit who just goes wherever it wants and does whatever it wants while you're on your data pad, would you be thinking about what you saw? Yes. Yep. Okay. Would you maybe be trying to figure out what you saw? If I mean, it just disappeared. That's weird. She kind of thinks about it, and then she pulls up the list of missing. Okay. At least I'm assuming there's a list of missing somewhere on the database. I think it would be a very large list. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just it doesn't just cover Coruscant. You probably have to, to search through the dozens and dozens of planets before you find Coruscant. Yep, and she's looking specifically Coruscant and the last mm-hmm. week. And then she thinks about it a little bit more about the um, the piece of the, um, the hyperspace ring that had mm-hmm. also been out there. She narrows it down to Jedi. Sure. Because she knows that that's uh, more common for Jedi to fly. Yeah, and they would probably be more likely to make the list than ordinary folk. Yeah. Yeah, you see some names. You see Deshtavak. You see Corin Arona, Winter Takish. I don't know. There are a lot of names on this list. There are so many names on this list. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps going on. She's just like, so many missing Jedi. And you stop when you hit Rona. And she kind of blinks and she rubs her, the, uh, she pinches the bridge of her nose and she rubs it and she's just like, Rona's not missing. She's like, I, no, I, I saw, I saw him die. And she kind of closes her eyes and she takes a deep breath. And then she looks at the list again. Mm-hmm. Still there. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, still there. Let's do a roll. What kind of roll? <laughs> Let's do a lore roll. Cool. So that's, thank God for humans. <laughs> that's too green. <laughs> too green. Or thank the wills for humans. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to add a setback for the obscurity of the information I'm thinking of. I'm going to add a setback for the fact that Connie's brain is scrambled. That's a good setback. I love adding setbacks to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because I like making characters who are messed up. I'm going to give you a boost for the access that you have as a Jedi to information. Yeah, that's a pretty good boost. I am a newly appointed Jedi Knight. I have so much information at my fingertips. Yeah, you've got all the information and probably no idea what to do with it. Yeah, none whatsoever at all. Yeah. It's like, don't, shouldn't they, like, shouldn't I, like, she feels like a little bit of imposter syndrome right there because Mm -hmm. she's just like, she feels like she should know what to do with this information and she doesn't. Just another example of why Connie's not ready to be a Jedi Knight. Anyway, gotta roll it. It's two successes and a threat. Okay. The 
threat is that the information that you find is it's mythology. It's it's not real, as far as you know. The success is you in searching, you you sort of leave that database behind and and like just browse the archives. Um, Master Rona was all about knowledge and taught you to just read. And you run across an entry on Star Weirds. They're humanoids. They live in space, tall and gaunt, and they have wild flowing hair and glowing eyes, and sometimes spacers tell stories about uh, seeing them out in the outer reaches. There's no way they're real, but I mean, they, they collected all the bodies. There shouldn't be anybody out there still. Maybe it's a star weird. Connie is just like, I feel like she's gone down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. You went from missing people to, like, specific missing people to general missing people. Space or tall And tales. then, yeah, unexplained disappearances to star weird mythology. And I'm trying to think of how likely it is that she's actually falling down, like, and actually believing this. I feel like I need to roll a dice. And I think I'm going to roll a force die. <laughs> and if I roll the light side, I don't believe it. Okay. But if I roll dark side, it becomes way too possible. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that there are more dark side pips on a light force die. Okay. That's the fun of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's dark side. <laughs> okay. So I believe it for some yeah. reason. So it... it it probably doesn't come as an easy belief, but the more you think about it, the more it might be true. I start supplying details that I didn't actually see. You saw like the, the glowing floor. eyes, flowing hair. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> you totally I did. Think, I think I think it might have had glowing eyes. Maybe that's what caught my attention to begin with. So, the old stories say that these things they can be dangerous. They're pretty much incorporeal they they can't really be touched or and if you do touch them it it hurts so this is this is something to be scared of maybe even to tell one of the other jedi knights or masters here okay <laughs> one i think that i really did see a ghost because mm -hmm. that was i'm seeing ghosts now mm -hmm. two yeah i'm pretty sure they sent me up here with yanni for a reason Mm -hmm. And Master Chica. I didn't describe him. He is very old. He's about three feet tall. He's got really big, pointy ears, pink peach-colored skin, and a beard that is down to his waist. He is smaller than his R2 unit, and he is a... He's a halfling. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a Lanak. A Lanak. Yeah, he's, he's just a little old guy, but he's pretty smart. Yeah, they're pretty smart. And they're probably already concerned about me. Mm -hmm. why, why else would Ioni be doing so much meditation with me every single day mm -hmm. when there are so many better things for Jedi to be doing you're right a, now? You're a knight now. Like but, finding Grievous. And, right. The way your days are tasked is very much like the beginning of Padawan training. Super regimented. You have things that you have to do. You have to accomplish them less of the sort of free form night business yeah and you know 
I know I'm not in the best shape right now. You know, I'm misremembering things. I can't remember people's names the way that I used to. I don't... I thought that I saw Master Rona die, but apparently I didn't because he's listed as missing and I'm seeing space weirds. <laughs> weirds. Apparently. So I think this would just be like one more thing to make the Jedi Masters even more concerned about me. <laughs> and I would rather confirm my impossible mm-hmm. thoughts than give them one more reason to be like, Connie's not okay. So what's Connie going to do? Connie's not going to sleep, that's for sure. (laughs) So Connie heads back to the room that she's been provided. It is small. You haven't Mm -hmm. had a lot of time to make it your own yet. But um, what is one important thing that you have in your room? Because Jedi don't have a ton of important things, but since they're sort of taught to let go of things and ownership and, and that sort of stuff. But every once in a while, a Jedi will have something that is uh, deeply personal or uh, reminds them of, of uh, an important time. There's a, um, there's a cord with the beads from my Padawan braid mm-hmm. hanging above my bed. Okay. You look at that as you try to sleep. Try Try. Being the optimal word there. And I feel like yeah. there's a lot of try the past week. <laughs> <laughs> and remember what Master Yoda said. Do or do not. <laughs> and I think maybe that mantra goes through your head as you attempt to sleep. All right. Um, so you wake up the next morning. Oh, I actually did fall asleep. That's good. A bit. I think maybe after like the 500th puffer pig jumping over a barrier. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a job to do this morning with uh, Master Ioni repair on the south side of the station. Yeah, I head to the north side of the station first. Uh huh. And then okay. I get there and I'm really confused and I'm talking to some clone troopers who are also really confused until yeah. they direct me the right way. <laughs> yeah. So you head um, from the docking bay, which is at the north side of the station, down to the some of the, the science rooms on the south side. And you find the correct airlock that you're supposed to be at. Master Ioni is very patient. She was waiting there for you when you got there. Are you prepared? As prepared as I can be for going out into space. She has her environmental suit on already, except for the helmet, and gestures towards the rack of them on the wall. Yep. There are a few other technicians there as well, a couple droids, and that uh, Ithorian that you saw in the mess last night. They're all getting, well, the droids aren't getting suited up, but the uh, organic folks are. You get your suit on, and before long, it's time to head out. Into the vacuum of space. Yep. Has Gandhi done many spacewalks before? Yes, but this still feels new. Yeah, something weird about it. Especially with all the debris about and ghosts. Mm -hmm. Not going to call it a space weird yet. Or star weird yet. <laughs> so you get out there. It is eerily silent, except for your own breathing and the crackle of comms every once in a while as somebody checks in or asks to pass a tool. Iani, she, she, she's like sort of giving out the tasks to the various people. She um, says to the the droids to you make sure the seals on the atrium dome are intact. You 
She points at the Athorian. There is a communication port on the southwest side. The preparation room is. Make sure that that is in working order. And Kanye, you are with me. We are to uh, check the security of the viewports on the southeast side near the sample extraction room. They have been hearing some odd noises like metal shifting overnight, and we have to check it out. Metal shifting overnight. Okay, yep. Yep, right behind you, master. It's probably just uh, the cooling and heating as this place rotates around uh, around the planet. You know, the, the sun is hot, and when we're in the darkness, it is very cold. But we just need to double-check that everything is fine. The two of you activate the magnetic things on your boots and walk to the bottom side of the station. From here, you get a good view of Coruscant. You can see the sun small off in the distance, and you see the planet below you or above you. It's kind of disorienting. You can see the, the night side with the rings of light and the long sort of glowing orange streets and... You make your way towards the place that Iani is telling you you need to go. As you get down there, you notice that there are scratches, gouges, on the outside of the observatory. And Iani bends down and and looks at them. These are odd. This is no normal damage. I mean, I would not say that uh, a small meteorite or anything that we would normally see out here would make this. Do you have any idea what this is? Was there anything in the Star Weird research that said they do they did crap like this? No, there wasn't. Okay. Um, what about those creatures that you remember in The Empire Strikes Back, the mm-hmm. ones that were all over the Millennium Falcon inside Minox. the thing? Minox, yeah. What about like Minox or something? It's probably uh. too big damage for Minox. Yes, it just does not look like Minoc damage. They they usually, those suctiony mouths, they leave little rings here and there. These are gouges, if anything. I'm gonna maybe do xenology. Okay. Just roll a xenology check. Let's actually have you do a survival check. It's my survival. It's the Let's same. See. Oh, it's the same. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. I want to see if you notice a pattern or anything, ah. which will... Let's see. I'm going to say you can probably use Expert Tracker. So I'm going to give you a setback for the environment. It's just a weird, disorienting place that you're in, but you get to remove it with Expert Tracker. So pull it out, put it back. And let's make it average. Two purples. Let's make it average, but I'm flipping my dark side point over. So it's a red and a purple. And I get a boost die because... I woke up on the right side of the bed, and I actually feel minus the hole going to the wrong side of the station. Mm-hmm. I actually got some sleep last night. Okay. So that's better than I have been doing the whole week. That sounds like a decent boost. <laughs> cool. Okay. It's a wash. It's a wash. <laughs> okay. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, nope. Nope. That's a wash. Okay. These scratches are just sort of haphazard. They're all over this certain section of the observatory. But they don't seem to go off in any particular direction. They're just in this one area. Yanni says, This is a major repair. We are not qualified to do this. I will have to call the droids in to do this. And she comes in that group of droids. 
I suppose we need to go do the task that they were doing if they're going to do this one. So we should head to the atrium. Connie kind of like, she looks at it and then she pulls out her data pad mm-hmm. from her utility belt and then she goes, click. And it walks away. That is a good idea. We should uh, be taking hollow photos for reference and maybe we can figure out what has done this later. Maybe one can hope. With the right amount of information presented, a brilliant mind can discover anything. That's a Rona original. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you head over to the atrium, and you pass those uh, droids walking the other way. They've got some kind of blowtorch mechanism attached to one of them, and hot metal extruder, and all, all sorts of weird stuff. And they pass by you on your way there. And the two of you end up on top of the atrium, and you can see its dome, the tree beneath it. Um, it looks empty at the moment, and the lights are off. And Yanni says to you, We just need to check the seals around the edges of the dome, and uh, we should be good. If we do that, we can head in. Maybe spend some time down below. Quite familiar with this atrium, yep. Yanni <laughs> uh, moves off in one direction and leaves you to go off in the other direction, checking the seal. Yep, just checking the seal. It's looking good. No danger here. Is that hyperspace ring still there? <laughs> yeah, why don't you... Well, no, we're not going to roll it. Yeah, you, you spot it. It is sort of um, spinning on an axis, maybe 100 meters off. It's, it's distant. It looks like the size of uh, a ring that you put on your finger. That's a far, far away. Mm-hmm. Yep, a little bit further than where you saw it last, but it seems to be in a similar orbit to this station. Looking for some ghosts. So you are um, looking up rather than looking down. You're supposed to be checking that seal. Nope. And it's been pretty quiet except for like your own breathing and the sound of the comms crackling to life every once in a while. People checking in. But nobody's checked in in a while. And when you look back at the task that you're supposed to be doing, you don't see Iani anywhere. And... You hear the comms crackle and a voice. It's almost like humming, maybe singing. You don't know exactly who the voice is. It's sort of fizzly, scrambly uh, from the comms, like it's coming off from a far away place. But it almost sounds like your master. Connie, um, she kind of squats down because I imagine she can't just sit with the magnetic. Mm-hmm. Attractors on her feet, so she kind of just squats down and she takes a deep breath and she's just trying to listen to that voice. It's almost a it, there's a melody to it, and you you know that Rona, in his Jedi quarters, the Jedi again don't have very many personal items, but he had um, a um, little uh, hakcha which is a seven-stringed instrument from Dresselia that he liked to play every once in a while. And the what you're hearing sounds similar to something that he used to play. I'm going to spend the light side point just to say that that instrument's in my quarters. Okay. So I know for a fact when I last saw that thing, because I held on to it. Mm-hmm. So that just ups the spookiness, because <laughs> I shouldn't be hearing that. And Connie just sort of rocks on her heels a little bit, and she's like, I'm going crazy. 
This is not good. And Connie feels a hand on her shoulder and Jump. a voice in her calm. Are, are you okay? And she kind of just looks up at Master Yoni and she's just like, uh, yep. Yep. Totally fine. You look very pale. Do you need to go inside? I can finish this task. Oh, no. No, I, I'm... And uh, she kind of just looks back down at the seals and she's just like, yep, that seal looks good. And keeps... And she's like, nope, I can do this. All right. We are almost done. We can head inside in just a moment. The two of you finish your task and start heading back into the observatory. And even though I said it is, it, it's been very quiet, we know that in Star Wars, you can totally hear sound in space. <laughs> and as you get closer to the airlock that you know you need to go through, you hear sort of the shift of metal. I'm flipping a dark side point. And almost a sparking sound from just far enough away that you can't actually see it. It's on the underside of the observatory and you're on the top side. Connie whirls around. You hear that too? And she kind of like, she has this like this moment of like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, yep. And she runs toward that. (laughs) Patience, Knight, Connie, we, we need to be cautious. We don't know what this is. There's a time and a place for caution and I need to know what it is. I need to see it. You run to the edge of the observatory and look over to the bottom and you see droids. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Coruscant Nights. Thanks to Erica for joining us for these episodes. You can hear Erica on Dice for Brains and not another tavern. Our music is by Mark Eberhardt. You can find us on social media at Coruscant Night on Twitter, or you can email us at CoruscantNightsPod at gmail.com. Love the podcast and want to show your support? You can leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash Coruscant Nights, or you can visit us on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash Coruscant Nights. And don't forget about our new program, Donate for Destiny. Through Donate for Destiny, every donation you make to Child's Play will directly influence the Destiny pool in our episodes. For more details and to learn how to donate, visit CoruscantKnights.com destiny.